When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, good morning. Welcome to hour two of the Donna and Steve experience. On my talk, 1071, everything entertainment, like music news. Music news. It's time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. And Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This is the beat. So apparently people are upset about Rihanna's halftime performance at the Super Bowl. Caused a lot of outrage. Now listen, everything's relative, right? Sure. They got about 100 complaints for her. Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, that probably was in the tens of thousands. I would bet. Yeah. However. But... Let's run down some of the complaints, okay? Okay. Mm, honestly, I didn't think it was indecent. I mean, there may have been a couple of dance moves that I was like, oops, oh, okay. Um, you know, she's wearing a turtleneck and head-to-toe, like, jumpsuit. The booby, the coverage was a little questionable. But anyway, they were saying her set was too big on sex. Um, choreography was too sexualized. Some people even compared it to porn. Um, there were 103 complaints to be exact. Um, let's see. Uh, one person said that I don't care what, I don't care what someone worships, but children shouldn't be exposed to pornography. And as an adult, I don't wish to see it. Where has decency gone? How about respect for others and self? Another person said, this halftime show was so indecent, I had to turn off the TV because of the pornographic content. Wow. I do think if you're going to use pornographic as a term in your complaint in order to sustain credibility in said complaint, Uh you need to make sure that it was pornographic. Right? Because I think that there's room for you to say, Okay, there were like this a handful of unnecessary suggestive things yes. for a wide audience Gestures. where yeah, but pornographic then you're thinking that you're seeing exposure. Nudity. Yeah. Southern or northern. Well, you know, Rihanna didn't dance a, a whole lot because she was pregnant, but most of the issue was directed at the background dancers who some say made gestures that were patently offensive, completely inappropriate for children. How do you guys feel about the performance? Um, There's somebody else who said she's 
spread her cheek at the crack. Okay, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, I remember she did. It looked like a um, butt wiping motion at one point. I'm sorry to be. I just don't know a better way to describe it. Oh, I don't remember seeing that. Um, I do remember her touching her front. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I think you have a probably a different lens. Like our for any halftime show, we pretty much just turn it off and it, oh, we'll you watch it later because oh. we have all sorts of kids in the room of yeah. various ages, and so we're like, yeah, we're we'll just stay well, back. We we'll see you later. And I also I don't think kids are watching intently. I think they're just kind of like playing or whatever. Well, it depends. I don't think I think that's a inaccurate blanket statement about how kids watch and kids are kind of spongy and you know they if they see things out of context it could confuse them like wait what's going on here what did that mean did you think it was indecent mike i not at all no and especially because i mean like remember the j-lo and shakira one from a couple of years before that that was there was literally a stripper pole and they were dancing on a stripper pole which by the way apparently this is like a thing they keep i don't did they have some of the other results in that article as far as complaints yeah well, it- remember I said Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson probably had tens of thousands. Sure. Yeah. Okay, again, Rihanna, 103 complaints. JT and Janet Jackson, 540,000 oh complaints. Yeah, well, you know, when you rip off someone's top and then something falls out, that feels yeah like that would shock a lot of people. Because right? I, I do have the totals for the last couple of years before that, oh, too. Oh, let's hear it. What do you so got? The, J, the one I was referring to, J-Lo and Shakira, apparently in 2020, that one had 1,300 complaints. So okay. 10 times as many as this one. Mm-hmm. Right. And then last year, remember the, the whole like hip-hop vibe yeah. one? It was all, yeah. 33. Huh. Only 33 complaints. Yeah, I don't really think there was anything going on there that, what would they complain about? Well, I think, it, well, the, what they were talking about, you know, like just certain moves, crotch grabs, mm-hmm. crotch rubs, butt rubs, stuff like that, that you could understand, you know, if they're, if they feel like, uh, this isn't good for a group, why do we need that? Yeah. You know, I get that. The, uh, I, I never even saw the Shakira JLo one. Um, but we, like I said, we've long just always watched the Super Bowl with a bunch of kids, be it at someone else's house or at our house. And so we're like, uh, this is just so that we don't have to do the sudden thing of like, oh, oh, all right, let's turn, you know, where the parents start talking to each other right. on the channel, which is the same thing that we do when we're watching football. And then, boom, it smash cuts to a television commercial about the latest horror movie. Oh, sure. And these images, I don't know if, you know, if we all remember being children, you see yeah. that and it's like, oh, my gosh, what is that? So we're all yeah. like, oh, 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 turn. the parents just, we all started talking louder. And then we do a mad dash. We're like, where's the remote? Does anybody know where the remote is? La, 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 la. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, the prudy side of me wants to say, remember, you're not just in concert. People who are buying a ticket to see your show. I would say, consider it. yourself performing at Disney World. You know, if you're an artist, like just for this one night, can you clean it up? Yeah. Look, I you're talking to Steve Pruderson, so I'm always for like a more I think you can do a PG performance at the halftime show and still show off how bad a you are at singing and dancing and you can still do it in a manner in which it's for Everybody now, I'm looking at all these Shakira 
J-Lo things. Oh, Mike. there was a Looking lot of like... To, here's what somebody wrote. But um, shaking and twerking and... Uh, like it or not, um, like it or not, that's up to you, but please don't preach to me uh, that a show of hypersexualized crotch-grabbing women are somehow empowering to women and girls. Nope. Pepsi paid women to dance to please men. Not a new or liberating concept. That's what one person writes. Somebody else writes on the other side of it. Hmm. People were drooling when Adam Levine took his shirt off last year during the halftime show. But let Shakira belly dance and Jennifer Lopez get on a pole and everyone has a collective meltdown. Good point. I don't think there's anything wrong with belly dancing. I, I'll, if I have my kids in the room, I'm going to steer clear of pole dancing. Sure. Mm. It's good exercise. Just you ever saying. done one of those classes? Oh, hell nope. no. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they Gosh, all, no, would I take, have yeah. no upper body strength whatsoever. Uh, yeah, well, they, they teach it. Zumba. Donna Zumba. Remember, Zumba was big. Yeah, I sure do. Speaking of Adam Levine, um, apparently he was sold a fake Maserati. Did you hear this story? Happens to the best of us. It yep. sure does. Um, he says he did a vehicle swap in 2021 with a guy named Rick Cole. Wow, he gives gives the guy's name. He gave this guy two cars worth almost a million dollars, and in return, Rick Cole gave him a 1971 Maserati something 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 Spider. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not. You even should work for it. Car and Driver magazine. <laughs> Only 25 of these were made, so they're worth about a million bucks. Unfortunately, Adam Levine found out his wasn't real. Hmm. He had it looked at by an expert, and he claims that Cole knew that when he sold it to him. So he is suing the guy. Thank you. That checks out. That feels like a worthy lawsuit. I agree. Also, um, the other option, I guess, is ignorance is bliss, right? Don't take it to a car guy. If you buy art, don't have an art inspector come over and dust it for archaeological evidence that it is, in fact, from the time frame it's from. What did we watch about that? About art and not really being as far back as it was? Was that in a book I read? It was in a book I read. The book is called Blink. It's by by Malcolm Gladwell. And I picked it up on my flight back from Christmas. That's how my brain works. (laughs) Glad I'm here. Yay! Oh. Woo! <laughs> she just I'm glad for herself. Uh, I know for us, you know. Sure. Fair and balanced. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got to go. When we come back, um, we will do a little food news. Donna, oh gosh, I hesitate to even bring this up. What? Foods that cardiologists rarely eat. I've always found you to be largely annoying with how you eat. And now you're always going to, I'm going to read this and I'll never hear the end of it. I'll tell you what foods your cardiologist would rarely put on her plate when we return. It's Donna and Steve on my talk. Hey guys, it's Donna for Bradshaw and Bryant Law Firm, where they are dedicated to helping people under some really difficult circumstances. Whether you are suffering from an injury or lost a loved one in a fatal accident, or if you're facing some kind of charges, tell you what, Mike Bryant assures that every legal tool at their disposal will be used to protect 
You're right. Uh, You know, when you're injured in an accident, there are oftentimes medical expenses, but then there are lost wages. There are rehab costs. There's distress, and that can change things at home for the entire family. Get a hold of Mike or a member of his team for a free consultation. He'll assess your case. And if you do have an actionable case, Bradshaw and Bryant will put their knowledge and their experience to work for you. Justice for the injured, that is their slogan, but it is also the reason they are attorneys, because making a positive difference in people's lives is what Bradshaw and Bryant is all about. Get a hold of Mike Bryant at Bradshaw and Bryant. You'll find him at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Happy Friday, everybody. We've got a little food news to share with y'all. Welcome to Donna and Steve's. Can I interest you in some food news today? Yummy. I can't wait to hear this, Steve. Oh, boy. If you're looking to limit foods from your diet and maybe even minimize your enjoyment of life, you're going (laughs) to love what I've got. There is a... The Huffington Post put this out. The headline reads, it was kind of grabby, cardiologists share the one food they never eat or rarely eat. Oh, can we play a little guessing game? Well, there's a few that are on the list. Okay. Because these are different cardiologists. So cardiologi were surveyed for this. Okay. Breakfast sausages. Breakfast. Like specifically breakfast sausages. Breakfast sausages. Not just sausages, but in the morning. The breakfast sausage. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Dr. Elizabeth Clotis, who is a cardiologist based in Minneapolis, never heard of it. She said she avoids breakfast sausages at all costs. These are high in sodium, promoting higher blood pressure, and a rich source of saturated fats, which raise cholesterol readings. Plus, because we only have so much room in our stomachs, foods like breakfast sausages can displace other items that might be more health promoting. So the breakfast sausage comes in like a bully. And it's, and like, it's like, get out of here, orange. Yeah. <laughs> dumb little cucumber. Squeezes them out of the door. Yeah, that's okay. So she's saying once it's in your system, if you eat breakfast sausage, it's blocking the good stuff. More or less. All right. More or less. She noted that all processed meats, including sausages, ham, and bacon, have been classified as carcinogens. By the World Health Organization. She sounds like she'd be fun at a dinner party. Don't you think knowledge is power? Boy, doctor, your plate seems kind of empty. Here's why. And this is a Debbie Downer sketch written all over it. Another cardiologist avoids... What's the one food when cardiologists were asked, what would you avoid, never eat, or rarely eat? Um, This is a something that goes on something. Mayonnaise? No, bacon. Not too far off. Not bacon. It's just it's a spread. It's a spread. Margarine. Oh. I'm Bradley Trainer. And I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Ick, who's eating that? 
If you're still eating <laughs> fake butter, it's time to stop because margarine is just flat out bad for you, according to the Huffington Post, who talked with cardiologists. Margarine seems like a great idea in theory, but it turns out to be just as bad as butter, says Dr. Harmony Reynolds, a cardiologist at NYU Langone Health. A study found that with each tablespoon of margarine per day, people were 6% more likely to die over the median 16 years of the study. So this is a long study that they did. Olive oil is better, um, and each tablespoon of olive oil was associated with a 4% lower risk of death. Mm-hmm. She says, with that in mind, I tell my patients to use olive oil whenever possible, even for cooking eggs or toast. When nothing but the taste of butter will do, it's still better to use mostly olive oil with a skinny pat of butter for flavor. Okay. Steak. Here you go, Donna. Steak is on the list. One of the cardiologists, Dr. Leonard Lilly. That's a fun name. Yeah. He says, I avoid really fatty red meat, like highly marbleized steak, because it's very high in saturated fat. Clinical studies have shown that saturated fat consumption is associated with increased risk of cardiovascular disease, cancer, and diabetes. Hmm. Uh, If you're not enjoying the list so far, cardiologists have asked that you stop eating sausage, essentially margarine or butter for that matter, steak, and now bacon. Mm -hmm. Dr. Francois Marvel, a cardiologist at Johns Hopkins University, said she typically avoids this salty, delicious breakfast delicacy. Bacon is an example of highly processed red meat that's high in saturated fat. Hmm, Red meat. And increases the bad cholesterol called low-density lipoprotein. Okay, why are you bringing this up? I'm bringing it up because it struck me this morning. I thought I was it was clickbait the headline, and I mm. thought, huh. Also, by the way, fried chicken. Well, yeah. Donuts. I mean, this is these are like baloney. Don't you feel like these are no brainers? Like it's not like she's telling us or they're telling us something that hasn't been out there forever. It would have been cool if there would have been a surprise in the article. If like, one of them oh my god, said, fried one, chicken is the best food for you. Or yeah, not nearly as bad. Or we've seen, you know, and they have, we've seen patients come in and they eat steak every day. They've been eating donuts their whole life. That's Ain't that the B.I.H. of all this? Yeah. A bunch of it works for some people. And then there are some people who just are anomalies to all suggested health guidelines. Yep. I'll call one person out by name. My grandma. She is, uh, I'm talking about you, Mamie. She is eating whatever she wants. She finds a healthy person in her life who has been very health conscious, who gets sick all the time, hmm. has a much worse hand that was dealt to them. Sure. And she's, she's been eating processed stuff, whatever she wants, whatever amount she all the time. And her weight is under control and uh, has like no health problems. You got people like that long enough. You sit down with an 85 or 90 year old who hasn't followed a diet and is healthy and they'll say, do whatever you want. You don't know. Yeah, but a lot of it is genetic. You might be genetically disposed to some of these health issues. Yeah, to sausage death. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. He died a horrible sausage death. Yeah, genetic <laughs> testing would probably... We should maybe do more genetic testing. Wouldn't that help? Like, yeah, if you could I take just a went thing through that, a whole panel of genetic testing did the, and last do, year. Do you find out what you're at higher yeah. risk of? Yes, it's very difficult to determine so like i came 
with no definitive um, predisposure. Disposure? Disposal doesn't Why sound Why did right. I say that? Disposal. Expose, pre, whatever. Uh, <laughs> did they scan your brain at any point? <laughs> Should have had that done. I uh, know they didn't find anything that was um, relevant enough to make an impact. Well, let's have a steak today, then, All sister. Right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Hey, let's play a game. Let's do that right now. 651 641 1071. Want to play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge? You've never called in? Call now. 651 641 1071. We're back. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Woo! It's just about 10.30. Let's play a game. Time to go to college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host, Mighty Mike. I want to see how smart you are. We're going to find that out today with the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. I mentioned this before. Today is the official release date of Cocaine Bear. Correct? Yes. Correct. Now, I could have gone one in two ways of this. I figured if I went cocaine and hardcore drugs, Steve would have too much of an advantage. So I decided <laughs> to go bears in pop culture. Uh-oh. Oh. Okay. Bears oh. in pop culture. Right. Hey, bear. Just right. like the bear, cocaine bear. bear. We've got bear, bear. Uh, Ginny going to play along with us today. Hey, hey Ginny. Ginny. Hello. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. Good. Hey, uh, G-Bone, where are you calling from today? Arden Hills. Oh, shout it out to Arden Hills. A lot of you nice bet. stuff out there. Where's Arden Hills? Ne- what, like, what's it next to? Ginny? Uh, Ginny, why don't you tell us? It is by Roseville, Moundsville. Oh, okay. Moundsville. All right, got it. Not too far. Um, obviously, you sense, Ginny, right now that you and I have a very easy chemistry Donna and you, it's uh, not great, but you have to decide now who you want to team up with. Steve, who you have a really, really good chemistry with and will probably become buddies, or Donna, who doesn't really even know or respect where you live. Um, I had already decided, because you have nothing to do with it, Steve, but I'm going with you. Okay, bye. Sorry, okay. Donna. That's okay. I'm going to go get some candy. Had you already decided based on the topic, being bears in pop culture? Uh, no, I'm based on past experience. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's great. All right. The Love score, it. the scoreboard. Pretty and, much. Right. Uh, Ginny, we're going to put you on hold here quick. And I do, while I do that, want to mention that you are playing for a pair of movie passes to see an advanced screening of Champions, a heartwarming comedy starring Woody Harrelson, who ends up coaching a team of players with intellectual disabilities. That screening is going to be happening on March 8th at Showplace Icon at the West End. So that is the prize we're playing for today. Steve. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bears in pop culture. Here we go. The character Bambi was used by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council to promote fire safety until 1944 when Disney pulled the rights, at which point this Bruin was born. Smokey the Bear. Speaking of Disney, in their 1973 telling of Robin Hood, the title character's best friend is a giant brown bear named... I don't know. This animatronic toy from the mid-80s has been relaunched five times. Teddy Ruxpin. Speaking of Disney, in their 1973 telling of Robin Hood, the title character's best friend is a giant brown bear named... Okay, it's not Baloo. Is this guy at the uh, Great Bear Jamboree in Disney? Big brown bear, Robin Hood, Disney. Um, 
Oh, come on, Jenny. I'm counting on you, sister. All right. Let's go ahead and bring it. Jenny. Whoop. Jenny, you got you back here. Do you got an answer? I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So we're, we're, you felt good about those other two answers, though? Steve so seemed pretty confident. Yes. Okay, cool. But you don't know on that uh, 1973 telling of Robin Hood? Okay. That's correct. All righty. I think we've got a chance that we might go to overtime here. I think it could be... We could get beat. We'll find out. Hey, Donna! <laughs> All right, Donna's going to make her way back in here. I think she's chatting with Bradley and Dawn out there. Uh, and she was doing a little candy pickup for us as well. Oh, nice. There she is. Hey, We're playing the game. Oh, sorry. I was visiting. I thought you might be. I was visiting with uh, <laughs> Q-Dog, Bradley, Dawn. Nice. People I haven't seen in a few days. It's, yeah. it's a homecoming of sorts. Oh, yes, yes. All right. Sorry, I blew up. Ready. You're all good. All right. Here we go again. Bears in pop culture. The theme for today. Here we go. The character Bambi was used by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council to promote fire safety until 1944 when Disney pulled their rights, at which point this Bruin was born. Yogi Bear. Speaking of Disney and their 1973 telling of Robin Hood, the title character's best friend is a giant brown bear named what? Brownie. This animatronic toy from the mid-80s was relaunched five different times to little success. The original moved its mouth and eyes and reenacted stories from its cassette tape deck. Teddy Ruxpin? Do you like any of them repeated? Yeah, the second one. Speaking of Disney and their 1973 Robin Hood, the title character's best friend is a giant brown bear named what? Oh, man. Hmm. Two seconds. I think brownie's a good answer. All right, going to go with that. We'll run through these answers. You both felt super confident about the last one, and that, of course, was Teddy Ruxpin. Nicely yeah. done there. Yeah. Didn't Woo! even get the question halfway out. Steve yeah. already had an answer, but yes, Teddy Ruxpin. Nicely done. The first one, and this is a fun fact, the character Bambi was actually used by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council to promote fire safety all the way up until 1944, at which point Disney pulled their rights, and this Bruin was born. That bear... Is Smokey the yeah. bear? Yeah, Smokey the bear. Not yes. Yogi. Who's Yogi? Yogi's Ooh. a thief. He's a pick and nick basket. Oh, he's a cartoon show uh, guy. You Darn Smokey. The pick and nick basket. Yeah. What a dingbat. Okay. And then only you can prevent forest fires. That's yeah. Smokey. That's uh, who everybody. I was thinking of. But Very effective. Yes. Smokey the bear. Everybody, well, present company excluded. Everybody <laughs> knows Smokey the bear, though. Truly. <laughs> so it all comes down to this one. Speaking of Disney and their 1973 telling of Robin Hood, the Yogi. title character's best friend is a giant brown bear named no answer from steve and jenny okay, brownie perfect. was the answer from donna the correct answer winnie it's an ironic name all right okay, wait a, a second giant brown bear tiny named tiny's good little john oh, oh. Didn't never heard of him means jenny is the winner yay jenny yay all right jenny you won sister you teamed up with the right person you made the right <laughs> choice all You're right. welcome. You're laying it on a little thick. <laughs> All right. Bye, G-Bone. Bye, G-Bone. We'll stay on the hold. We'll get your info. Okay, I will. All right. All right. Wow. Yes. What's the score? Uh, with that victory, the score is now 16, Donna, 22 for Steve. Mm. Oh, look at the time. Time for a tip. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. Weekend is upon us. It's Friday, my friends. I guess we have time. I'll go through the. I was going to go through two that I thought were good. I think two out of this, these five are 
actually good hacks for how you can transition into the weekend. Take yourself out of work mode into weekend mode. Since we have time, we'll do them all, starting with say goodbye to work. Log off from your email. Log off from your work apps. Turn your computer off. It's like a handshake to say goodbye work day. You could do that every day of the week, but they say particularly on the weekend. Even I used to hide my uh, work email, and I you could just like hide it so it was no longer on the home screen. Hmm. And then on Monday I'd bring it back, and it was just because so often you're not even meaning to. You pick up your phone and the apps that you're most uh, you've got the habit of going to, you just sort of mindlessly click on them, and then it's Saturday, it's one p.m., and you're like, wait, why am I not reading a work email right now? Do you get notifications? No. Okay. No, 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 no. Honestly, I miss a lot of, don't, not me. It's oh, a different Donna. Donna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, Miss a lot of work emails because once I leave on Friday, I don't even look at it again until Monday morning. Yeah. I don't even, do you even get work email on your phone? Yeah. Oh. I do. I do. That's great. It's a great way to do it. Thanks. I always figure this too with work emails as long as no bosses are listening <laughs> if it's important they'll text they'll call or they'll reach out again yeah you know sure that's kind of my natural yeah it's filter. like guys sorry after twelve thirty on friday you've got a second property to manage ma'am <laughs> you know i mean hello we can't just be following up on every email uh another way that you can transition into your weekend i like this one this is one of the good ones find a wind down song it's kind of like the opposite of athletes using a pump-up song to walk out onto the basketball court or, uh, you know, the next batter at a Twins game, they got their walkout music. Find a song that helps you clear your head or brings you out of your work mindset, and then you play it in the car on your drive home or at home after you kind of have logged off from everything. Find a wind-down song. I like that. Okay. Donna, you've already done this. Change your clothes. As soon as you walk in the door, put on clothes that you'll feel relaxed in. Even if you work from home in yoga pants, changing out of your work clothes can signal to your mind that you're, you're wrapped up for the day. You know, it's funny because I make it, a, I, I believe in that. They said when we were all working from home during the pandemic, dress up. After everybody was just doing stuff in tank tops and stuff, they were like, dress up. You don't have to dress up like you're in the office, but dress up. In fact, um, I'll always make a point to like, I want jeans on. Not sweatpants or so you're shorts wearing jeans at home when I'm work- when I'm working. Oh, I see. I, okay. So I'll, I'll never do the radio show from my home studio in sweatpants. The only oh. time I've done that was yesterday because I had them on under my snow pants, um, and I had just been outside in the snow. Okay, but yeah, I feel like I need to put jeans on in the kind of shirt or top or blouse whatever that I would wear in to work. Wow. Feels too casual the other way. Yeah, sorry. If management's listening, yeah, I take this thing seriously. What do you want from me? Hmm. So when you go home, you don't... Let me just ask you, when you go home for the day, today when you go home, mm-hmm. will you put on comfortable pants? Or are you like, I'm already wearing comfortable pants? I kind of feel like I'm already wearing oh, okay. them. Eventually, I'll shift into sweatpants. But I feel like there's something about, even when at home, taking a Zoom call in sweats... And I know I think I'm the minority here because I think a lot of people like if you get if you if you're doing work from home, be comfortable. But I just feel like I want jeans on. I want a presentable shirt 
And if time, I want to put product in my hair. I feel that way about Zoom calls. But working from home, who cares? Were you wearing yoga pants this week? Yeah. Donna! <laughs> I was all week. Um, in fact, I'm wearing I'm wearing sweats pretty much right now. Joggers. Oh I'm wearing joggers right now. And slippers pretty much. Dude. No, you didn't know you had to come in today. You, no. Your computer crapped out. The computer crapped out. I'm like, I'm not going to put up. I, I just got to throw shoes on. These slippers were in by the door in the kitchen, and I just threw them on and walked out. Yeah. And like grabbed my coat. <sighs> Another way that you can wind down from the weekend, curb the work talk. When you're done working, don't talk about work. Although some it. people say work-life balance, but if you work is such a, I think I feel like that's a little bit of a misnomer. That's hard, easier said than done. I've tried to abide by that. I like really don't love talking about work, but then that's because I'm trying to keep a barrier. But work is a big part of my life. Different things that we do that we commit our time and our sure. intellect and our gifts to. Oh. It's tough to like say well, that's true. <laughs> Donna, you just drew gifts in there. You have a gifting. To talk to people, to Hi. connect with people. Hi, everybody. You know, it's equal part. You got some, some things are gifts, some things are skills. Sometimes you put a skill on top sure. of a gift that okay. is natural to you. But anyway, um, to just totally shut that off, I think is kind of difficult to do. Because it makes up it a large chunk of what you do as a person. It's true. You know? I don't know. All right. Also, plan something fun. Have a little plan in place for when you finish work. Yeah. Can help get you into the weekend mode. Love it. Thanks, Steve. I thank you, Donna. Bye-bye now. Okay. All right. No, listen, when I uh, when we come back, I watched an Oscar-nominated movie last night, and I would like to tell you all about it. I hope you say good things, because I think I want to see this movie. Okay. But none of your reviews are ever... 100%. Easy to understand. <laughs> so we'll all try to decode what Donna has to say about this Oscar-nominated movie. When we come back, it's Donna, it's Steve, it's my talk. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Donna and Steve at your service on the Friday edition of our show. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. You're the best. We should do lunch. Uh, I don't know what's for lunch today. You know, it's funny. I actually, um, I was, I had a 1 p.m. Thank you guys for asking, actually. I had a 1 p.m. dentist appointment. And uh, and I tested for COVID last night because I just have like a runny nose. I've been sneezing. Oh, I thought you meant no, you did. tested positive for COVID. Last no, night. no, I, I really. Like, what I, do you mean? I really wanted to be positive because wow. because if you have the symptoms and they're manageable, then if you have it, it checks that box for like the next ninety days to six months in terms of your the small likelihood of you getting it again. And if you're in a position where you have to randomly test at times for certain things, sure, you want to check that. You don't want to just have symptoms. Okay, well, that's one way you know to look at it. I mean, if you're not concerned about long COVID and your lungs looking like Swiss cheese, then okay. And I'm not. I, okay. Yeah. That's no, I'm good. not. So I was like, oh, be positive. And it was negative. Um, so wow. anyway, um, I didn't get it. Lungs looking like Swiss cheese. What is that? Well, it's just like... It does damage to your body. It's not just like having a cold. It's not good to have COVID. Yeah, I know. I understand that it, there's the severity is different for different people. But anybody who tests positive for COVID, I don't think that their lungs end up looking I the mean, same. You hope. Is there a report that says that that's the case? 
I mean, there have been cases where be- the damage that it's done to well, people. Well, no, I understand that. that. We've had half a million people die from it. Right. And counting. But I think there are other situations where people have it and their body is none the worse right. afterward. If you want to take that chance. Yeah, so that I did. Okay. I did. And so I was hoping. So anyway, I'm not. I was but, hoping. Um, but so that then in future, if you have it, if you're dealing with low level symptoms, sure. body aches, all that kind of stuff, and you're not hospitalized, then what it does is it essentially gives you immunity against it for the next time. And if it's like, oh, you have a runny nose, if you have it, you have a runny nose, if you don't have it. You're going to assume that you probably don't. If Exactly. And then if you have to test for things, which I have to do sometimes for shoots, then it sort of gives you a clean bill of health before you get on a plane and go to New York and you don't have to wait sure. until you get their day of 2D testing. I hear you. Anyway, I saw a movie last night. No, but that's the whole thing. I had a dentist appointment today, and then I called them, and I said, guys, I'm sniffling, and I'm sneezing. I don't have COVID, but I want to tell you guys that so that you can make the determination as to whether or not you want me in there or not today. And they said, great, please hold. Let me uh, talk with the doctor. And then they placed me on hold. Not the great hold music like from that one Super Bowl commercial, sadly. (laughs) It was fine. They were messaging me, but it was fine. But then they said, you know, out of safety, why don't we just reschedule? Yeah. Which made me feel like what? I got my Friday afternoon back because I was going to be getting a cleaning. Yeah, don't and do that a crown. on Fridays. What do you do that for on Fridays? I was going to oh. do it on Monday. But then they said, oh, we can't do the crown on Monday. I said, well, I don't want to go see you guys two times in a week. God love you. But that's not my idea of a fun week, book ending my week. So I said, all right, let's do it all. We'll do it on Friday because of the storm on Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, sure. That's why I didn't. Right. I hear you. I'm sorry your life is so hard. It's fine. Anyway, so when you asked if I want to have lunch, still no. But my Friday is wider open now, yeah. which feels No, good. I really wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listeners. Anyone that wants to take her up on that? <laughs> 3415 University Avenue. Oh, I watched a movie last night. It's called The Fablemans. I, um, I liked it. Thought it was a very lovely, sweet Tale. This is what I'm hoping for. Either of you seen it? No. I have not. Nope. So, of course, this is Steven Spielberg's basically um, his backstory, his, I guess, memoir. Um, so it's kind of like a part of that and part like love letter to film. Which is why we think Hollywood would naturally love it when I'm yes. nominated for Oscars because yes. it's like, ah, celebrate us, which I dig. That's fine. Also, it feels like it's a little bit of a love letter to his mom, who he mm. had a really special relationship with. But um, critics liked it more than audience than the audience. 92% versus 83%. Still very good. Here's why I don't think he, I think you'll just find it like, OK, it's fine. Oh, man. It's sometimes slow. It's a two and a half hour movie. Hmm. Um, it is sweet. It is nostalgic. I, you know, I did find myself going, I'm going to pause for a minute and just go grab a snack and then come back. <laughs> I did that several times. Um, never a good sign for a movie. That it, should be how we judge it. <laughs> how many times did you pause it? Right. That's probably the best description of, did you really like it? Because if you're locked in, uh, you don't even want to go to the bathroom. Totally. Oh, man, I wish we could t- If anybody saw the movie, um, give us a call, 651-641-1071. We only have a couple of minutes here, but... The coming-of-age element is, is nice, yeah, though, right? Yeah, I like... That's what yeah. I like about it. So, you know, it's a, it's a story about family. Uh, you know, these guys 
his mom was a great pianist. Dad, brilliant engineer. Okay, so you've got like the science and the arts. Right. And he kind of picked up on the art side from his mom. And so there's a little bit of of like a tugging back and forth between the dad and Steven Spielberg. Sam is the name of the character. And um, his mom really encouraged him in his, you know, imagination and things like that. Uh, the kid who plays Steven Spielberg, wow, they really cast well. Mm. Really looks like him. Um, How old does he get by the end of the movie? Not very. Oh, really? So it's a, it's a childhood. Yeah. Okay. So we don't get to see Steven Spielberg become what Steven Spielberg becomes. Um, he moves to L.A. He goes to L.A. and he he meets up with one of his he gets to meet one of his heroes, uh, one of his director heroes. But anyway, the whole thing is he goes to the movies with his family. He's a little boy. He becomes obsessed with a scene in the movie and wants to recreate it. Dad has a video camera. That's how it all begins. Mm. But there are also things like the challenges of being a middle class Jewish family at that time, which Mm. I believe was in the 50s, 60s. They moved from New Jersey to Arizona to California. Um, I'm pretty sure the movie ends with him maybe being like 19, 20, Mm. 20 years old. And um, but it's interesting because, you know, they he kind of demonstrates how the camera can tell stories, but also how it can help you make friends. It can manipulate. It can help you get the girl. Um, But I, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it. I'm glad I saw it. How is the score? In it, the music. Did you notice it really? Because yeah. that was wasn't it John Williams that did it. I, I don't know if it was John Williams no, because not. there was a lot of um, pop music, like fifties kind of. Hmm. It was John Williams. Yeah. It was okay, okay. So during those times, I noticed a lot of like the oldies. Like I'm imagining this movie, it, it essentially being a coming of age wrapped up in a really like on point soundtrack and the cinematography that is really good. So I, that's, that's my, I, it's I almost very have, pretty. It's like very that. pretty to look at the The colors like you. almost looks like when color first got introduced to film like and television. Yeah, yes. Very yeah. bright. Like if you ever look at an old picture, maybe of your mom as a kid, maybe not even your mom, maybe your grandma. Yeah. When they start, Almost filling in the color on little kids' lips. Yes, and lips and the 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 uh, blue and white dress. The blue just pops. pops. Yeah, yeah. It very oh, like much that. feels like that. So in that sense, I I really liked it. I, I'm glad I saw it. Okay. Um, I don't know what kind of nominations it's got. He's got to be up for director for sure, and maybe it's up for film of the year. But I would. Say yeah, seven seven nominations. Wow. Picture, supporting actor, director, original score, actress, production design, and okay, screenplay. Okay, so everything, yeah, okay. everything. One to ten, Donna. What would you give it? Um, I would give it a, a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah, out of ten. All right. Thank you for great. asking. Uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we've got a dirt alert from Zamboni, uh, and then the Mean Girls cast finding their sequel offer disrespectful. We'll talk about it next.